Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clements. Thank you for joining me. Wherever you're joining me, rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, you know what to do. Lots to um, unpack today, but not a lot of time. I want to start by making this great announcement. I am starting a new, I will have a new podcast and um, subsequent column that goes with it that will be um, dropping weekly on um, CWN Sports. On CWN Sports, it will be called Gene Therapy. Um, I will I will take a long form look in writing at, at at the big topics or headlines or things that are just bothering me in 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 sports and culture. Um, I will then have a um, hour long podcast that will speak more in depth with with some type of guest, uh, whether it be people in the industry or just people that I value opinion on whether it be athletes or um, coaches or media members. I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to give a shout out to CWN Sports for having confidence in me and wanting me to be a part of what they're doing over there. There's also a thing in the works where you can um, catch replays of my Talk Spicy podcast over at CWN Sports as well. So big things coming, and that is not it. I will also next week start our a, a, a basketball-specific podcast, a basketball-specific podcast with the head coach of Bridgeton Academy Basketball, Whit LeJour. Um, that will begin next week as well. More information will be coming um, momentarily. Um, but I'm really excited about those two new endeavors. Gene therapy, an opportunity for me to really, you know, get into my bag as a journalist, as a writer, but also continue to give commentary, which is what I love to do anyway. And then an opportunity to talk basketball and life with one of my really good friends, a um, really good mentor of mine, Whit LeJour. Um, a legend in, in the New England prep school ranks and pretty plugged in when it comes to that world and, and supremely knowledgeable and opinionated um, on everything else in life. So it should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that on a weekly basis as well. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do and have the opportunities that I have afforded to me. And so Look out for those things as they're coming to you and please continue to support. You know that you'll be able to find all of those things on my um, on my YouTube channel. And the podcast will be distributed where podcasts are distributed and continue to support. I've been really impressed by the fact that people keep wanting to um, throw dirt on coaches like um, coaches like Joe Judge, and I've even been critical of Joe Judge, but critical of his decisions, not necessarily wanting to see him gone. Um, Brian Flores down in Miami, people feel as if his message has fallen on deaf ears. Yet, I'll say this, when you know it's over for coaches, usually 
when his team doesn't show any fight, when his team doesn't respond to any of the of the games when when adversity hits. So if there's adversity and your team's not responding to said adversity, if they're just laying down, that's usually a sign that they've given up on their coach. Cuz I know it I know it sounds crazy to say, but players know how to get coaches fired. Players know they are the ones they can't really go anywhere within the within the the moment. They don't realize that they're going to eventually be gone because they're playing like dogs. But in the moment, they think, well, if we just don't do anything, if we don't perform, if we don't live up to expectation, then coach will be fired. And guess what? They're right. Because talent gets coaches fired. Talent helps win, helps coaches win games, but talent gets coaches fired. Not being able to figure out, not being able to figure out how to use supreme talent well, that's a problem. So when you see a team shut down on a coach, when you see a team decide, we're not going to do this anymore, and they're just getting walked over and blown out, that's usually a sign, usually, that's usually a sign that they've given up on the coach. And once they've given up on the coach, you got to go. Like, there's really nothing else. Like, once you give up on a coach, what else is there to say? What else is there to do? Once once they've given up on the coach and the message is falling on deaf ears, eh, that's a wrap for you, homie. And it's unfortunate. But in New York, where they've had tons of, tons of issues, not a lot of success, right? In New York, where that's happened, they're still fighting for their coach. There's not for their coach, but they're still responding to the message. In Miami, they've had tons of scrutiny, not a lot of success. Moves that were supposed to be made that were not made, and then the subsequent like step backs from those. Yet they're still fighting hard for their coach. Those are not coaches that you fire. Those are coaches that you help, that you have to continue to let grow into the job. Not everybody gets a chance to take over the Steelers. You don't think Mike Tomlin has some missteps in his first few years as a head coach? Yes, but it was masked by the talent. When you take over supremely talented teams, that's what happens. And now... Years on years later, you have the second best coach in the NFL, probably. Not probably. Second best coach in the NFL right now. Belichick's one, he's two. Andy Reid's three, probably. Sean Payton would be four. If I, if I was just going by quickly off the top of my head. Because he learned on the job and he had an infrastructure that was in place that allowed him to continue to grow. Not everybody gets that. Not every coach has that. So, Brian Flores and Joe Judge, just two names off the top of my head of programs where the coach has definitely not 
had his players give up on him. And that is to be commended. Congratulations to the Dolphins on their win. Don't really know what was going on with the with the Ravens last night, but I'm not worried about them. You know why? Because they don't give up on their coach. So they'll be all right. And they have Lamar Jackson, obviously. And, you know, when you got him. Got a pretty good chance of winning some games. Speaking of the the AFC the AFC North, um, the the Browns parted ways with with Odell Beckham a little bit back, and the Browns fans were happy. They threw a parade, the same parade that they threw when he came, and then the first year when he was there, and there was issues, but. The man still had a 1,000 yards receiving. Okay, they'll figure it out. So then the next year, when things were kind of going the same way, but wins weren't happening because their quarterback was making astronomical mistakes with the ball, Odell Beckham got hurt. And when he got hurt, when he was hurt, the offense made a shift from essentially allowing Baker to sit back and deal and throw the ball all over the place to a run-centric, play-action style of offense. And magically, they started having success. Magically, they became a better team. What? They became a better team by running the ball? How blasphemous. And that's who they become. They become a run-first, run-centric, run-heavy football team, which is what they should be because they have two legitimate backs and a third one who got in when the other two was hurt and then ran all over the place. What they don't have is Patrick Mahomes. What they don't have is Aaron Rodgers. What they don't have is Kyler Murray. What they don't have is Tom Brady. So, when you don't have an elite level quarterback, you have a good quarterback who thrives in a play action system, but doesn't seem to to thrive when he's left to, to be the mailman. He's much better as the postmaster. So he's he's not as good at delivering the mail up to everybody, but he's really good when the plan is put in place to execute the plan. So let him do what he does. That makes a guy like Odell Beckham less, less valuable. Because in a play action system, that number one receiver, that guy who, who who's uber dynamic, who doesn't always have to color within the lines, he becomes, there's less opportunity for him to flow. I'm not mad at them parting ways with Odell Beckham. I'm mad at the way they did it. They made him seem like a pariah. And they did it through the media, and the media jumped on it, which I thought was crazy because it was like, what did Odell Beckham ever do to you media people? I hear I hear fans and people on Twitter talk about, oh, well, you know, he want if 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 he wanted things, then why did he sign with if he if he if he was going by what he wanted, 
then why would he sign with LA? Oh, he did that for a lifestyle. He didn't do that for a fit. And I went, I mean, I'm going to my mind. Um, if your life is better, isn't your game going to be better? Maybe, just maybe. Part of the problem with Odell Beckham in Cleveland is that he never felt comfortable in Cleveland. Now, I've been to Cleveland. I like Cleveland. I party in Cleveland. I'd hang out in Cleveland. But I'm not Odell Beckham. And I don't have access to the same things and the same people and the same lifestyle that Odell Beckham has access to. So when he becomes a free agent, and the only thing that I heard, apparently all of these Browns fans heard all these other things, but the only thing I heard was that he wanted to go to a team that had a chance to win a Super Bowl. So he went to the Rams, who is the only team other than Tampa Bay who has wholesale sold out to the idea we are trying to win a championship. They don't have another draft pick until 2058. They are paying everybody exorbitant amounts of money. This is not a long-term thing. He went to a place where maybe he's not going to be the number one, where maybe he's not going to get a bunch of targets. But if he's going to get one target a game, wouldn't he rather do that in L.A. than in Cleveland, than in Green Bay, than in Kansas City. Absolutely. If I'm Odell Beckham, me, me, I'd be thinking about how do I get my stats to look the way they should look so that next year I can attack another big contract. Because in the NFL, unlike the NBA, this is the not for long league. You have to show the worth to get the money or you have to pay for it. You have to play for the peanuts that they give you. And there's a chance you can die because it's football. So if I'm him, if I'm him, I'm going somewhere to get balls. Right? Here's the problem. If he goes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't work out, they blame him. Right? That's what happens. You got to be really careful about where you go. If he went to New England to play and it didn't work out, they blame him. Maybe not in Kansas City because things are a little shaky right now with, with, with what's going on in Kansas City. But definitely in those other places, well, it can't be Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's the same thing they did to him with the Browns. It can't be Baker Bayfield's fault. Really? It can't be the fault of the quarterback that the most talented wide receiver on the team only gets one target in a game, then whose fault is it? You're telling me that the coach who called 70 plays designed 70, 69 of them to not go to Odell Beckham. How ridiculous does that sound to you? Yes, he chose lifestyle. Because regardless of what the of what the thought process is on him as a player, and I know people 
are, are so quick to say, well, he's not an elite receiver. No, he doesn't have elite statistics. If that's what you mean, yes, you're right. He doesn't have elite statistics. But he is an elite level athlete. He plays wide receiver. Ipso facto elite level wide receiver. You don't believe me? Put him up against any wide receiver in the league right now. Take them through the, the, the ringer. I guarantee you when it comes to athletic ability and skill, he is elite level. Sorry. Go argue with your mama. So you have an elite level talent and a guy who's a star. And I don't understand why people have an issue with him being a star. Quarterbacks are allowed to be stars. I can't get enough of Baker Mayfield commercials. They're on every, 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 every commercial break when you're watching a football game. Trying to figure out how, how Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray are in the Heisman house, but Jameis Winston isn't. That's another story. I ain't, I ain't going to hold you. So now we're, we're left with this. If, o, if Odell Beckham made a decision because he wanted a better life, he wanted a better lifestyle, and now he has it, why would he try to mess that up? If his, if his thought process is, I'm going to go to the Rams and do whatever I can to, to win this championship in hopes that they say, yo, we got to find a way to keep him, kind of like Tampa Bay did when Antonio Brown, how is that a bad thing? If lifestyle makes you happy, and you're happy, don't you play better if you're happy with your uh, surrounding life? You think misery makes people play better? This isn't the situation of I'm broke and this is how I need, this is what I need to do in order to get to the level to feed my family. They're already at the level where their family eat, their family eats extremely well. Now it's about being happy. So if going to LA makes Odell Beckham happy, it should make him a better football player. And if you throw him more than one ball a game, you might see better results. I can guarantee you this. I, I'm not gonna hold you, I can guarantee you this though. That offense in L.A. will target him more than once or twice a game. Now, will they take some of those targets away from Cooper Cup like I think they should? I don't know. Because I think Robert Woods should get more targets. But I can tell you they're going to target Odell Beckham. It's going to happen. He's going to make some plays. And when he does, be quiet. Because Browns fans, you were quick to you were quick to jump into my into my mentions and say, hey, 2-0 without Odell. 
Okay, cool. You got that. I'm not arguing that you should have parted ways. My argument is in the way it was done. But now he's gone. So don't don't now continue to beat on the man that he's gone. Just be quiet and enjoy your season. And hope that you can get past the Steelers, the, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Because this ain't last year, homie. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Salt Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me. Wherever you're joining me, rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, man, you better go and subscribe and like and all that other stuff. Y'all are missing it. This content's about to get heavy. Until next time, peace.